Hello and welcome to our online worship from the Two Rivers Benefice on Sunday the 7th of March. Thank you for joining us. It's great to be worshipping together in this way. Throughout the service, all the words you need will be shown on the screen. Uh, the words that we say together will be shown in yellow type and um, hopefully you'll find something for all the family within our worship today. And so we move on to our opening prayer. Who is this who enters the doors of our temple? Who overturns the tables, strews silver and gold on the floor, frees the sacrificial doves from gilded cages? Listen as they rise. The beating of their wings is a song of loud hosanna. It is Jesus of Galilee, the Son of God, who comes to cleanse the great temple, to restore its subverted chambers to a house of hallowed prayer. Then let us open the doors of our hearts even wider, so he can cast out the thieves who would take what is sacred and tender and turn it hard as gold in a fist. May the temple within us be a refuge where doves of peace roost in the rafters. May it be a garden that bears the fruits of a generous spirit. O Lord, take what is corrupt and withered and let it break forth in beauty. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, today is the third Sunday of Lent and from our opening prayer you might have guessed that today we're looking at Jesus cleansing the temple. And our first hymn today is All My Hope on God is Founded.
God our Father, we come to you in sorrow for our sins, for turning away from you and ignoring your will for our lives. Father, forgive us, save us and help us. For behaving just as we wish without thinking of you. Father, forgive us, save us and help us. For failing you by what we do and think and say. Father, forgive us, save us and help us. For letting ourselves be drawn away from you by temptations in the world about us. Father, forgive us, save us and help us. For living as if we were ashamed to belong to your Son. Father, forgive us, save us and help us. And so the Almighty and merciful Lord grant us pardon and forgiveness of all our sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and strength of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's say together the special prayer for this week. Eternal God, give us insight to discern your will for us, to give up what harms us, and to seek the perfection we are promised in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our children's story time this week is showing us the story of Jesus clearing the temple. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration, so Jesus went to Jerusalem. In the temple area, he saw merchants selling cattle, sheep, and doves for sacrifices. He also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and cattle, scattered the money changers' coins over the floor, and turned over their tables. Then, going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, Get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. It is written in the scriptures, My temple will be called a house for prayer, but you are changing it into a hideout for robbers. The blind and crippled people came to Jesus in the temple, and he healed them. The leading priests and the teachers of the law saw that Jesus was doing wonderful things and that the children were praising him in the temple, saying praise to the son of David. All these things made the priests and the teachers of the law very angry. They asked Jesus, Do you hear the things these children are saying? Jesus answered, Yes. Haven't you read in the scriptures? You have taught children and babies to sing praises? Then Jesus left and went out to the city of Bethany, where he spent the night. Well, for our children's time to sing this week, we've got a well-known song, Give Me Oil in My Lamp. Uh, but this week, it's being sung to us by a group of puppets, and it's a bit of a bluegrass version. So um, I hope you'll be able to swing your partner there at home. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning, burning, burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp, keep 
me burning, 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 keep me burning till the break of day. And I will sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. And I will sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. Give me gas for my poor, keep me trucking for the Lord. Give me gas for my poor, I Now Ian is going to come and bring us today's Bible reading. John 2 verses 13 to 22. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves he said, Get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then responded to him, What sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. They replied, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you are going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now before we consider uh, the implications for us of Jesus clearing the temple, we're going to sing again. And our next song together is, O Lord, the clouds are gathering.
Clouds are gathering, the fire of judgment burns. How we have fallen, oh Lord. You stand appalled to see your laws of love so scorned and life so broken. Have mercy, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Restore us, Lord. Revive your church again. Let justice flow like rivers, and righteousness like a never failing stream. Oh Lord, over the nations now, where is the dove?
Now in that passage that Ian read for us a little bit earlier, in verse 21 it said, but the temple he had spoken of was his body. Now the religious people that day just didn't get it. They didn't understand what he was talking about, the fact that he was talking about the temple of his body, because they were just thinking about business as usual. It was business as usual that day Jesus turned up at the temple. Animals were being bought and sold, coins were being changed, all the usual people had their usual places and their usual roles. Now this is one of those stories that we need to set aside a couple of things. Things that don't belong, things that distract before we can really understand what's happening. We need to set aside what we've often been told or thought this story is about so that we can hear it again, maybe for the first time. Now I don't think that this story is simply about Jesus getting angry. Jesus got angry. We all get angry and it's okay to get angry. That misses the point. There's far more to this story than that. And I don't think it's about the animals or the money changers being in the temple. Jesus knew they were there. He grew up as a faithful Jew going to the temple. He didn't turn up this day and say, wow, there are animals and money changers here. I didn't know that. This is wrong. The animals and money changers had always been there. That's how the system worked. It was business as usual for them to be there. Now I think Jesus went to the temple that day for one purpose, to throw out and overturn business as usual. There are times when we need the tables of our lives to be overturned and the animals thrown out. It's just so easy to fall into the trap of business as usual. I wonder, have you ever pushed the autopilot button and life became mechanical? You just go through the motions. You turn up, but you're not really there. That is business as usual. How about this? Have you ever smiled that I'm good and everything is fine kind of smile, but behind the smile there was an emptiness. You felt hollow and your heart was breaking. That is carrying on with business as usual. Or maybe you wake up in the morning and you're as exhausted as you were when you went to bed the night before. Business as usual. Have you ever felt like you were just not yourself? Nothing seemed right. Boredom overcame creativity. There was no enthusiasm, no wonder, no imagination. It was just business as usual. Now sometimes we look at life and the world, particularly during the, these past months of lockdown, and it all seems in vain, doesn't it? We're busy, but we're not really getting anywhere. There's no depth or meaning, only business as usual. And business as usual can happen anywhere. It can happen in friendships, in marriages, in parenting, in work and in church. Now the things I just described aren't, however, the problem. They're the symptom in the same way that the animals and the money changers in the temple aren't the problem. They're the symptoms of something deeper going on. The problem isn't so much 
in the temple as it is in the human heart. That deeper issue is, I think, what gives rise to business as usual. Sometimes it's about our fear. We're fearful about what's happening in our life or the uncertainty of the future. And we want some type of security and predictability so we can keep on doing the same old things. Business as usual is predictable and steady, but it only creates the illusion of security. Sometimes business as usual is a symptom of our grief and our sorrow. Something has been lost. We can't get back the life we want, so we cling to business as usual because it's familiar and we want some stability. At other times, we're so busy and worn out making a living that life turns into one task after another, one appointment after another, a never-ending to-do list, and it's business as usual. Maybe we've taken people, relationships and things for granted. Maybe we've lost our sense of gratitude, wonder or mystery. Now, I don't say any of these things as a criticism or judgment of you, me or anyone else. I'm just naming what often happens to us. What has business as usual look like in your life? In what ways is it business as usual for you today? Now, there are thousands of reasons and ways in which we fall into business as usual. There's one thing, however, that I keep coming back to. Forgetfulness. Business, as usual, is born of forgetfulness. We forget that we really are the temple of God's presence. We forget that all of creation is the residence of God. We forget that in whatever direction we might turn, there is the face of God gazing upon us. And as soon as we forget those things about ourselves, each other or the world, life just becomes business as usual. And I think that's what happened in the temple. They didn't see themselves or one another as the true temple of God. It was all about the human-built temple, the animals and the coins. They'd forgotten that God was more interested in them than in their festivals and that God wanted them more than their offerings. When we forget that we are the temple of God, life can easily just become a series of transactions. Relationships and intimacy are lost. Priorities get rearranged. Making a living replaces having a life. Life becomes a marketplace rather than a place for meeting the holy in ourselves and in one another. And it's business as usual. That is what Jesus is overturning and driving out of the temple. Now in John's Gospel, this happens at the very beginning of Jesus's ministry. The Word became flesh in John chapter 1, water became wine in John chapter 2 verse 9, and now the temple is becoming human. And it doesn't stop there. Throughout the rest of the Gospel, Jesus will be interrupting business as usual. Just think of the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4. She's had five husbands and she's living with a man who isn't her husband. But despite what we have done to her, 
that's not a statement about her. It's another manifestation of business as usual. Her first husband died, divorced her or ran off, who knows? What we do know is that it was improper and dangerous to be a woman without a man in those days. Business as usual meant she had to belong to a man. So there was a second man, and a third, and a fourth, and a fifth, and a sixth. Jesus meets this woman at the well and interrupts business as usual. It's not about the man or men in her life. It's about her. Jesus recognises her as the temple of God. And it's neither on this Samaritan mountain nor in Jerusalem. She is now the well of living water. And how about the man we, we read about in John chapter 5 that spent 38 years on a mat? He was paralysed and always trying to get into that pool of water that would heal him. But someone else always got there first. The same ground, the same mat, the same paralysed legs, the same failed effort. It was 38 years of business as usual. And then Jesus comes and says, stand up, take your mat and walk. And the man did. He rose up to a new life and business as usual had again been interrupted. And then there's Lazarus in John chapter 11. He's been dead for three days already. Martha knows the stench of death is present. Jesus tells her, it'll no longer be business as usual. Take away the stone, he says. Death won't have the final word. Lazarus, come out. And let's not forget the 5,000 people that turn up empty and hungry in John chapter 6. Philip is sure that there's not enough. There's no way to feed them. Empty and hungry people are business as usual. But Jesus has other plans. Two fish and five loaves are more than enough. Everyone was satisfied and 12 baskets were filled with leftovers. That wasn't business as usual for the empty and the hungry. Over and over again, Jesus is interrupting, disrupting, overturning and throwing out business as usual. Business as usual is destructive of our lives and relationships. It destroys our ability uh, to see and participate in the holy that's already present in and among us. The word became flesh so that the temple might become human. Jesus continues to overturn and throw out business as usual because the truth is that there are still Samaritan women waiting at the well in our world today. There are still lame people grounded by business as usual. Empty and hungry people are still a reality in our world and there are dead people waiting to be made alive. So maybe for you today this isn't about other people. Maybe you are the woman at the well. Maybe you know what it's like to be grounded and paralysed. Maybe you're empty and hungry today. Maybe you need to be called to life. Maybe business as usual needs to be interrupted in your life. So regardless of who we are, 
what we've done or left undone or how we see or judge our life. We are the temple of God. And there's someone who stands in the temple of our life, interrupting business as usual. So tell me this, what does the temple of your life need today? What tables in your life need to be overturned? What animals need to be driven out? But I'm not asking about what needs to happen so that you can become holy or become the temple, but so that you can see that you already are the temple and claim what's already yours. Jesus doesn't make us into something that we're not. He calls us back to who we've already been. He was speaking of the temple of our body. And so, turn to Jesus. Accept him as your Lord and Saviour and the only true source of hope. Journey with him to the cross and resurrection because he wants you to spend eternity with him in a place where he will wipe every tear from your eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for business as usual will have passed away. Amen. Let us now respond by affirming our faith together. Do you believe and trust in God the Father, source of all being and life, the one for whom we exist? We believe and trust in him. Do you believe and trust in God the Son, who took our human nature, died for us and rose again? We believe and trust in him. Do you believe and trust in God the Holy Spirit, who gives life to the people of God and makes Christ known in the world? We believe and trust in him. This is the faith of the Church. This is our faith. We believe and trust in one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm now going to hand over to Barbara, who is leading our time to pray this week. Lord Jesus, of temples and souls, at this moment of our Lenten journey, look deep within our hearts and our lives and clear away all that holds us back. May our minds, spirits and bodies be a temple that is open to your presence and may our words and our actions be transparent to your love and truth. We pray that this community will be purified in its life and mission, so that all that we do in and from here may reveal your gospel to others. In a moment of silence, we set before you and name those things for which we seek your cleansing and healing, so that we may be more faithful disciples. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, today we pray for children, young people, schools and colleges as they return after lockdown. 
We pray for God's peace and blessings upon them as they begin this new week. Loving Lord Jesus, thank you for friends and family, all who brighten each day by their presence, who give meaning to life to make us what we are. Thank you that we can bring you our deepest needs, our inner yearnings for meaning and purpose, confident that when we ask in faith, you will hear and answer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, we pray for our royal family, our government, that the decisions they make will bring us through the lockdown into a place where it will be safe to live normal lives once more. We pray for Jonathan, Sue, Teresa, David and Wendy. Our benefits that we will be able to worship freely. Hear our prayer for the sick, Lord, all who are in pain, waiting for or recovering from surgery, undergoing treatment or coming to terms with terminal illness. Give help and strength to any whose health is failing and all who tend to them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, remind us that we need others as they need us, that you call us not to isolate, an isolated commitment, but to a community of faith, working with others to make possible what we can never achieve alone. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for your promise of comfort. Reach out to all who mourn and turn their sorrow to joy, their tears to laughter and the despair to hope. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's now share in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen.
Our final hymn this morning is, I have to say, a favourite of mine. Christ is made the sure foundation. Well, thank you for worshipping with us this week and being part of our virtual church family. It's great to have you here. Just like to bring your attention to our Lent course, which we're doing online over Zoom 
uh, on the Monday evenings during Lent. The details for that will be up at the end of the service. Um, if you'd like to join us, it's not too late. Um, each week stands on its own. You'd be very welcome to join us. And also, if you'd like to contact us for any other reason, um, again, the details will be shown on the screen at the end. And so now our closing prayer. Christ, give you grace to grow in holiness, to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen.
We must go Live to fight 